The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we welcome you to our program here as part of Lamb Lion Ministries. Today, we have a great program prepared for you today, one that is, uh, the topic is Fire and Fury, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 22. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program, and those of you that are following us on social media, hey, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us and that they won't miss today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you for this time to get together and study your word. We thank you so much for everybody tuned in who wants to grow in their relationship with you as we do. And so, Lord, just bless this time together for your name's honor and glory. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, our message is fire uh, and fury. So stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, another wonderful week. Brother, yes, it is. Praise the Lord for every day that he's given us. And uh, every day we get closer to the rapture of the church, right? Uh, it's so true. And I believe, Nathan, as we look at current events, we really are at the brink of something amazing happening. And we do believe that the Lord can return at any moment. And you and I get the opportunity to encourage people every week with their relationship uh, with the Lord. Uh, but Nathan, as before we jump right in, in case someone is new to a program and they don't have uh they don't have our contact information or resource information or what you and I do here in the ministry. Will you be able to share that with them? Absolutely. Well, you've tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free podcast. It's the podcast ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Most uh, people know us through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is now starting its 21st season. Wow. And uh, we just praise the Lord for that. This is the 13th year Vic and I have been doing this podcast, and Every day we get more and more excited. We know the Lord's soon return. We want you to get excited about the Lord's soon return as well. So check us out on our website at ChristInProphecy.org or download our app, the Lamb Lion app. And uh, we welcome you to hop on and grow with us. Mm, awesome. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. Yes, and we want to encourage you guys, check, check those things out. A lot of wonderful resources. And Nathan, there's also a few conference events coming up and some that you're going to be speaking of. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I'd like to point folks to our website at ChristinProphecy.org underneath events. You'll find the Hope Springs Eternal Regional Bible Prophecy Conference. It's uh, Lamb Line Ministries likes to hold. We have our big annual one here in Dallas area each uh, June or July. This year it's June. But uh, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, the weekend of March 11th, uh, all day long, we're going to be at Hikes Point Christian Church in Louisville. Uh, be Dr. David Reagan, Tim Moore, and myself from Lamb and Lion Ministries. We'll also have Bob Russell, who was the pastor of Southeast Christian Church at the time. He was my boss back in the day, although bosses, 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 boss. <laughs> and uh, Doug Cobb from the Finishing Fund. So if you want a great conference about Bible prophecy, come visit Hikes Points Church on March 11th in Louisville, Kentucky. 
Oh, thank you, Nathan, for sharing those resources. So again, for those of you that are part of today's program or in the future, just a lot of wonderful resources for you to grow in your relationship with the Lord and also in the study of Bible prophecy. So Nathan, you and I have gotten the opportunity to do this for many years. And every time uh, we touch on the book of the Bible, it just gets uh, uh, so exciting to see what the Holy Spirit uh, continues to show us and brings about in, in the Word of God. And you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. And uh, we're in Ezekiel chapter 22, and we were talking about how God's people, uh, the Jewish people, are going to be scattered uh, because of their disobedience. But you mentioned to us God's plan for them, that he's going to regather them. And many places in the book of Ezekiel uh, speaks about that. Uh, but Nathan, maybe someone wasn't aware of the story here in chapter 22 uh, as to why this is taking place. Because sometimes people uh, don't understand how God sometimes uses other nations uh, to discipline people. Or sometimes he'll scatter uh, uh, individuals just like the nation of Israel here. But his plan really is a plan of discipline and love. But sometimes it's tough love that we see here in Ezekiel 22. Yeah, you can go back to Deuteronomy chapters 28 through 30, where the Lord through Moses told the Jewish people, hey, if you follow me and keep my commandments and my moral law and don't get polluted by the uh, false religions of the nations around you, then I will bless you and multiply you unlike you could ever imagine. But if you adopt the evil practices of the neighbors and ignore me and not be a conduit of blessing to the world as you were meant to be, then you will experience famines, droughts, pestilence, attacking armies. And if you still refuse to uh, be my representatives on this earth, you will go into exile. And so the Lord, we're at this point now. We're about uh, 600 BC and the Jewish people were down to Jerusalem. The rest has been all dragged off into captivity. Jerusalem's left. Babylon, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is knocking at the door. He's ready to exile the people. And they're wondering, why, Lord, are you letting this happen? And so the Lord here, as we started in Ezekiel 22, he gave a, a list of their sins. They profaned his Sabbath. They caused bloodshed. They, they uh, committed lewdness. They, they even uh, in, had um, ancestral relations with family members. They took bribes. They oppressed the poor and needy. I mean, they had become terrible, terrible people. The Lord says, you are not to be an example of me to the world anymore. You're going into exile. But like you said, Vic, the Lord, with every time that he brings a judgment and condemnation, he always leaves a message of hope that there will be a future restoration and a remnant that will grow to uh, come to follow God as uh, Savior and Lord of Jesus Christ. Mm, that's a good point, Nathan. And as we look at today's uh uh, passage and as we look at the topic is one that comes with uh again a little bit of intensity as we title it fire and fury but the idea is that god is a just god and sometimes god has to uh, in a sense bring down uh the hammer on those that are turning his back on him they're rebelling at the end of the day god is seeking men and women who really want to worship and glorify him and he sometimes prunes and he uh, allows certain things to happen. And that's why when we look at chapter 22 there, beginning on verse 17, uh, we're going to see some examples that God gives as he speaks about uh, here to the children of Israel. So, Nathan, would you be able to take us there through verses uh, 17 through 20? And I'll do verses 21 uh, through 22 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah, sure thing. Let's pick up in verse 17. 
The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel is saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. They are all bronze, tin, iron, and lead in the midst of a furnace. They become dross from silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as men gather silver, bronze, iron, lead, and tin into the midst of a furnace to blow fire on it, to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Mm, verse 21. Yes, I will gather you and blow on you with fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in its midst. As silver is melted in the midst of a furnace, so shall you be melted in its midst. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury on you. Nathan, those are intense words, and the passage that we read has a lot of intensity in it. Oh, absolutely. It kind of reminds me of my high school chemistry classes. You remember, we used to get the Bunsen burners out, and we get a little crucible, and we put the metal in the crucible, and we put over the Bunsen burner, and it would melt. And what you'd get is the, the impurities would come out of the metal. They'd float to the top, and that was called dross. So for folks who don't know what dross is, God is comparing the evil of Israel as dross, it's it's corrupting the pure, the pure gold or the pure silver. And so the Lord's like, okay, this is time. It's time to put you all in a furnace, and this furnace will be exile into Babylon. And there the dross will float to the top. In other words, the wicked people to remain in exile and to die in, in exile away from Israel. But the gold will be refined. That's the remnant, the believing remnant. And they will be restored and returned to Israel to rebuild uh, the temple and to be a conduit of blessing to the world for the Lord again. So it's a uh, uh, an interesting comparison. The, the people would understand blacksmithing at the time, and so this would be a good analogy that they would understand. Yeah, Nathan, and it's almost like something that uh, is used for uh, for a different purpose. Uh, in other words, it, it reminds me also like in John chapter 15, where the Lord is talking about the, that analogy of the of the vine in there and the branches and that if they are not plugged in, uh, in a sense, they dry up and they wither and, and they're just used for the fire, you know, and, 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 and it, we see a similar analogy here in Ezekiel. But in John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Uh, so in a sense, right, Nathan, it's, it's the, the, the Jewish people here, they, they've gotten disconnected. They're kind of worthless in a sense. Uh, uh, but God says, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. I'm still going to. Like you mentioned, that was a great analogy. I'm going to purify you and burn away all of what doesn't uh, uh, bring glory to my name. But I will bring about a pure people. And, and Nathan, that's what needs to happen, that a sifting needs to happen because they have strayed so far away from God. They have polluted themselves to the point that they were kind of worthless. Oh, absolutely worthless. Uh, you're, you're dead on there. And they had become so evil and corrupted. God had to do something about it. And it's not just this time period. When you think about all of human history is to bring in unholy people and purify them so they can stand before a holy God. I mean, look back to Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, no sin. Adam and Eve walked and talked and had fellowship with God, most likely Christ incarnate or pre-incarnate, I should say. And uh, there was nothing between God and man. There's no sin, no chasm, no separation. But as soon as mankind sinned, 
you have the impure with God the pure. And he's like, I need to restore a, a remnant of humanity and make them pure. Now, we know through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, we can reach out to that in faith and repentance and so be saved and made pure and holy and stand before the Lord one day, that relationship restored. But uh, so all of human history has been God's work at bringing a, uh, a refining presence, so to speak, as we just read here. He's refining a remnant to live and dwell with him forever. You know, Nathan, and it's amazing because we see, like you mentioned, uh, through our history, the gathering of God's people, then the scattering of, of God's people. Uh, we saw in the time of Jesus, Jesus had, had predicted how they were going to be uh, scattered, how the temple was going to be destroyed. And then we fast forward, Nathan, right now. And I think you mentioned this approximately 20,000, uh, excuse me, 20 million Jews back in Israel, if I'm not mistaken, or, or some large number. Uh, but yet the Bible predicts, according to the book of Zechariah, that there's going to be another pruning in the future, right, Nathan, where at least one third of the Jewish people are going to uh, lose their lives because even up to today, we see there's still a rebellion amongst the Jewish people. They still don't accept Jesus as their Messiah. So we see that even now during our current times. Yeah, it's amazing that a people is so ancient. I mean, you can stretch them back all the way to Abraham's time, well over 3,500 years. And yet the last census I saw of the Jewish people in the world was between 14 and 18 million people. And so you think, you know, World War II and the Holocaust really decimated the Jewish people. And as terrible as that is, Zechariah has a prophecy about during a coming tribulation time period, as Daniel defines a seven-year time period is coming to the earth where the Lord again will, like a furnace, uh, put the Jewish people and the world through a terrible furnace. So again, the dross can rise to the top and be cleaned off. And what you have left over is the pure gold. In other words, people that love the Lord are saved. They've accepted Christ as Savior and they will dwell with God forever in a perfect holy relationship. And it's coming again. And like you said, it's tragic to think that two thirds of the Jewish people will not survive this prophesied tribulation. And so when you say, you know, 18 million people, what is two thirds of that? But 12 million will die during that time. And for Gentiles, we know in the tribulation that so many people will die during the tribulation that when the Lord returns and he regathers those who are left alive, they fit in one valley, the Valley of Jehoshaphat. So uh, the Lord's furnace is coming on this earth. And that's why one of the major aspects of studying Bible prophecy is to exhort the world to repent and return to God before it's too late. Because once the rapture happens and the church has moved off this earth, the world will enter the tribulation time period. And the Bible says it's the worst in all of human history. And Nathan, again, so so we see this this picture here taking place currently uh, in the time of Ezekiel, but then we also see another picture in the future. And the idea is that God means business, and He really wants His people uh, to be different than those of the world. That's why He want, That's why He prunes us, and He will correct us and discipline us. Uh, and here, of course, is likened to His fury and the fire. And there are people, Nathan, today that God is purifying. He's allowing certain things to happen in their lives. Maybe they're questioning God. God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? But they have to recognize that if they are Christians and they love the Lord, everything is father filtered. In other words, God has a plan and he has a purpose. 
we might not understand or like it, but maybe it's an opportunity for us to look at ourselves and say, you know, is there something that I'm doing that doesn't please God? Is there a reason for this to happen in my life? And, and, and maybe if they're like Job, maybe that might not be just God, God just wants to do a special work in them. So we, we believe, Nathan, that even in our time, God is still doing a pruning uh, and, and, uh, and a purifying work uh, in the church and in the lives of people. Absolutely. You know, and he does it at so many different levels. I mean, obviously, the Lord works to restore uh, individuals to a right relationship with him, nations to a right relationship with him, the world. But not just the world now, but the world throughout human history, all 6,000 years or so. So what you've got is, is that God's great plan for the ages, his redemptive plan, stretches. And he even planned it, the Bible says, before he created the world. So he knew that mankind would uh, use their free will and have to choose him or not. And so this plan has been going on for thousands of years. And one day it will culminate uh, with the end of the millennial kingdom, the great white throne judgment. And we'll move into the eternal state where everybody will be back in a right relationship with the Lord. I mean, of course, everybody, those who've accepted him and so be saved, uh, will live with him forever. And that redemptive arc, that story will be done. Brother, I'll be happy for it because I'm looking forward to the next arc. I mean, we only get two chapters, Revelation 21 and 22, which even tell us what the eternal state's going to be like. So once we get this part of human history done where the Lord has repopulated the heaven with the people who want to be with him, who are saved and love him and made holy, that the Bible calls uh, children and heirs and treasures. Isn't that awesome? As I'm looking forward to what God has planned in the eternal state. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be tremendous. Well, and Nathan, and if people really understand the Bible and Bible prophecy, you know, that time period might not be that far away because we know first there's going to be a falling away. We're going to we, we believe the rapture is, a, is at hand. We also believe shortly after that there's going to be that seven year peace treaty uh, that starts that tribulation for seven years. But really, that puts us into uh, 2030 something, Nathan. So the reality is a lot of this could literally happen. Uh, within our time period, and we can literally find ourselves in the millennium uh, age, uh, really in the near future, if things continue to fall in line as we've seen all these signs of the times. You're absolutely right. No, we don't know. We don't have a date because, again, three times in Matthew 24, God, Lord said we don't know the day or the hour of his return, but we know the signs and the signs point to his return. We know we're, we're almost 2,000 years exactly since Christ's crucifixion, and well, the Bible seems to indicate there's going to only be 7,000 years of human history in God's redemptive plan. We're 6,000 years in. So, Vic, I think you're on to something there. To think that—and even, let me add one more thing, is that the Lord said that uh, when Israel returns as a nation again, which we'll read a lot more about in Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37, that that would be the generation, the people group, the era, that will see his return. Well, brother— Israel became a nation again in 1948. We live in the era of Israel being back in the land again. So that must mean that the Lord's coming back and very soon. So, brother, I hope by uh, in the 2030s we're living in the millennial kingdom. I really hope so. Yeah, Nathan, and we're not date setters, but there's possibilities that if we believe the rapture can happen at any moment, then that reality is that what awaits us is all of the things that you just mentioned for us that will transpire in the millennium, 
us reigning with the Lord. And really, this earth is going to be transformed uh, in a way that is just amazing. So for the believers, for the Christians, listen, this is good news. If you're not a Christian, this is why we're sharing this news with you to incite you, to encourage you to get to know the Lord closer, to seek a relationship after him, to know that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. But if you continue to reject the Lord, if you continue to follow the false doctrines of the world, then you are going to find yourself against God, battling uh, against his plan. And Nathan, as we look at these next verses, there's a transition here. God is talking to his people in general, but then he turns his attention to the leaders and the false prophets uh, that are bringing about different messages to the people of Israel. So we see that there in Ezekiel chapter 22. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to pick it up in verse 23 through 25, and maybe you can pick, and maybe you can do uh, there verses 26 uh, through 28 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Sure. Well, I mean, we're almost to the end of the chapter. You want to just go through 31? Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. So we okay. notice verse 23 says that, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, say to her, you are the land that is not cleansed or rain on in the day of indignation, that conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured people, they have taken treasures and precious things, they have made many uh, widows in her midst. Verse 26, her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them. Thanks, Nathan. Verse 27. Her princes and her myths are the wolves tearing the prey to shed blood, to destroy people and to get dishonest gain. Her prophets plaster them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, thus says the Lord God, when the Lord hasn't even spoken. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needed, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. Nathan, what a what an amazing passage. Uh, you and I, of course, have taught so much on false prophets and also what Jesus had to say will be one of those signs of the end times. And here we see these wicked leaders, these false prophets. And Nathan, that is still a problem today. There's so much of that going on that we really need discernment in these last days. Yeah, so again, we're back to the book was in the beginning of the chapter. Now we're to the point where He's listing their sins again. And I don't know about you, Vic, but they sound like a bunch of robbers. I mean, like guys hiding in the mountains, ready to rob everybody. And Israel had gotten so evil that you know, it was like watching a Conan movie or something. It's awful. These people are terrible, terrible people. And yet they're, they're considered the people of God. They're supposed to represent the Lord. And the Lord was, wasn't going to have it anymore. He's going to exile them. Uh, he's going to burn off the dross, so to speak and bring back a believing remnant that he can reset up to represent him around the world. And what an amazing thing. And we know that's exactly what happened in 586 BC. Nebuchadnezzar did come in in the third exile. He removed everybody of importance from Jerusalem. 
The city was walls were torn down, the gates destroyed, the temple uh, just obliterated. And uh, so it took about 50 to 70 years, as prophesied, for the Jewish people to finally come back under Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest. And we can read about that in both the books of Haggai and Zechariah. And uh, then they rebuilt the temple. The Lord, again, still had to continue refining them. But a new generation had risen up of people that were willing to come back to Jerusalem and set up their lives and follow the Lord and Again, over the generations, we know it failed because, again, in 70 A.D., the Romans, again, exiled the Jewish people around the world. But the Lord's bringing them back. So uh, he's going to refine them yet again, and he's going to make Israel a, the prime nation of the world during the millennial kingdom. The believing Jews will become a priestly people. Jesus Christ will rule and reign from Jerusalem. And we, who are we in our glorified bodies because we'll be raptured, will be ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. Brother... Uh, that redemptive arc covers hundreds of years, but for the Lord, that's pretty much like a blink of an eye, right? Oh, Nathan, absolutely. And I believe through all these periods of time, God is still seeking out men and women. As he said here in verse 30, I sought for a man among them that will make a wall and stand in the gap. Nathan, that's true today, right? When we consider what God is seeking for, we're speaking of a revival that is happening in the United States of America, even right now, right? And I believe because God continues to seek and search for men and women after his heart uh, to make a difference. And that's why I, saw, I thought that verse was so important. So I saw a man, I guess we could say, saw a woman, an individual among among them who will make a wall and stand in the gap. And today, like more than ever, never, Nate, I believe we need men and women to stand in the gap for the things of the Lord. Absolutely. And it's interesting to see how society will always devolve. I mean, we got again and again where Israel was brought back to repentance. It lasted for a little while. The new generation rose up and they were apathetic. And then the next generation after that was actually hostile and rebellious. And it became a cycle throughout Israel's history. Well, we've lived long enough to see that in the United States. These cycles of, of the generations will go through some terrible suffering like the Great Depression or World War II. And then, boom, the next, that generation gets refined. And there's a group who are willing to stand in the gap and, and bring God's word around the world. And the next generation is apathetic. And the generation after that is actually hostile. The Lord brings judgments. And the cycle repeats itself. But eventually, the Bible always says that that cycle will at last end. And so, brother, I think we are in the last of the last cycles for this age. Now, we read about the millennial kingdom that it'll happen again. The millennial kingdom will start with the righteous people who love the Lord. And they will have children. And, and they will have children. And by the end of the thousand years, when Satan's released, it says uncountable people born during that time will join Satan and try to overthrow the Lord. So it just shows the wickedness and fallenness of human nature, and therefore why we need a Savior. So let's do something different, Vic. I always uh, uh, usually end by giving the gospel message, but brother, I want to hear you. Why do we need a Savior? Nathan, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, and, and I believe that we need a Savior because we're people uh, are steeped in sin. And today, uh, people get upset when you call them sinners. But the reality is that we've all missed the mark. Uh, Jesus was the mark of perfection, and we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God loves us so much that he gave us uh, a way uh, of escape, and that is through Jesus, through the cross. 
And for anyone that's, be, that's part of this program that's listening, God loves you and has a special plan for you. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me. So if you want to avoid all these judgments, all the things that we talked about, come to Jesus. Come through the cross. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And maybe you are considering a relationship with the Lord and you want to know how to do that. Well, you can do it with a very simple prayer that you can pray with us from wherever you are. You can bow your head and close your eyes and call on the name of the Lord and simply say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I've broken your commandments. But I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you to come into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name, I pray in Jesus name. Amen. And it's that simple, right, Nathan? Wow. Uh, well said, Nick. Uh, that is the gospel. The good news message in a nutshell. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, reach out to us. Let us know. 305-992-9537. Nathan and I love good news and we love to rejoice with people that come to Christ. And I hope that you did uh, just that. And we want to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so you can follow along with us uh, in our studies and so that you can grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And of course, Nathan, well, we ran out of time for this other segment of the program, Nate. It goes so fast, right? It does, man. Way too fast. Way too fast. And well, we thank you all for being part of our program today. Thank you for joining us. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And we hope that you have a fantastic week and keep looking up. The Lord is returning very, very soon. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.